the internet as we know it is about to change forever. It all started with a little open source algorithm from a research laboratory in Silicon Valley called OpenAI, and with a little help from a billion dollar investment from people like Peter Thiel and Elon Musk. Four years later, in 2019, another billion dollars from Microsoft. And just last month, another $10 billion commitment from Microsoft. That after OpenAI's ChatGPT hit a million users in just five days. For some perspective there, it took Facebook 10 months to hit a million users. People just can't get enough of the chatbot. I know that I've used it pretty much every day. There's nothing like it for now. Yesterday, Google CEO announced their AI chatbot is already in the hands of a very small group of trusted testers, and it's going to be available to the public in a few weeks. They're calling it Bard AI, and it's actually just one of 20 new AI products that Google says they're going to release this year. Not to be outdone, mere moments after Google's announcement yesterday, Microsoft announced a special surprise press event to be held today. It is widely expected that they are launching a new Bing search engine with chat-style search box. A few Few people have already seen a briefly uh, brief look at what that looks like Friday. Apparently, Microsoft was testing, and some people got a hold of it. Meanwhile, Apple CEO Tim Cook says that AI is eventually going to affect every product and service that they that they make. Meta CEO uh, Mark Zuckerberg uh, he's kicking himself for not renaming the company. Facebook AI. Today on Dumb Money, can the incumbent search engine keep up with AI without cannibalizing their advertising model? Or will AI destroy Google? You're listening to the Dumb Money Live podcast. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify. The global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Chris Jordan, um, th- this to me kind of feels like uh, 25 years ago when the browser wars happened and Netscape was like the dominant uh, market share and Microsoft introduced Internet Explorer. And then within five years, Microsoft basically blew up Netscape. They, they don't even exist, right? How about, how about when uh, the opposite of that story, the show can go both ways. How about when Google uh, encroached on Microsoft's uh, office suite? Right. And, and yep. at first, the first few years of that, if people are old enough to remember, it was detrimental to Microsoft, all the small business, all the individual users were actually moved to Google's kind of a version of those products. <laughs> and until micro- get, Microsoft heard for spending- free, basically built into your browser. People thought it was possibly going to be the end of Microsoft, and Microsoft somehow managed to spend and bring all their services up to the cloud, and they just quadrupled down on sales, on on enterprise sales, and somehow managed to kind of win that war. But So it shows it can go either way. And and to me, this, this AI stuff is moving so much faster that I think that, you know, the... The popularity of ChatGPT probably caught everyone off guard, caught face. You know, Google has been working on AI for a long time, but I don't think they were ready to just like make it public until Chatbot took off. And now they were scrambling to uh, to release something. Right. OK, I go ahead. I have so, there's so much to discuss on this episode. It's crazy. But by the way, let's just, let's just address Google's, you know, everybody. The, 
I think the general consensus is that Google has the best AI. Wait till you see Google's AI. They're going to destroy chat GPT. Like, okay, let me just tell you something. Google just invested $300 million in an AI startup, Anthropic, okay? Uh, they bought 10% of the company. That's essentially a chat GPT competitor. Why yeah. is Google investing in them if they have, like, actually if been they're working like 10 on times ahead? For, yeah. And they have 20, pro they say they're releasing 20 products with AI. And it, I, I don't know, it, it'll, it, I'm very interested to see what they actually come out with because we've already seen Microsoft, they're quick to move. They've already uh, baked AI into their Teams product. You can now like the, the, it's basically Microsoft's version of Zoom, but it will summarize what happened in a nice little written format of, of what happened in the meeting. But Dave, it's not just Microsoft. It's not just ChatGPT. Baidu today came out and said that they have their own. They they released theirs internally in 2019, and they have their own chatbot version of AI. Yep. I believe firmly that within two years we might have five to ten major major. AI chatbots trying to chase this market down. And, and, and I, Apple... I think a few of them are going to be kind of the the source. And I think there are going to be all sorts of startup companies that are logging in using the APIs of OpenAI or of mm -hmm. Google or of, I don't know, IBM or, or whoever is going to like have that initial data set that, that people extrapolate off of. Okay, but, but my thesis, and I discussed this a few weeks ago, and it's still my thesis today, is it doesn't matter if Google wins or loses or shares the market. They are going to have to play defense now. They are going to be distracted. They're going to have to spend massive amounts of money. They're going to have to basically disrupt their own revenue stream, which is 90% of their revenue, roughly, I think $180 billion a year, is advertising that is generated off of Google search. Now, I'm going to share with you a piece of data that blew my mind. I doubt you guys realize this. Do you know, do you know how much Google search originates from Apple? Just take a guess. Just take a How guess. much Google search originates how, from Apple? How many Google searches originate from Apple? From, from Apple, Apple devices? devices or from oh, I, I'd, company? From I would Apple say... devices that Apple controls, meaning off the Apple search bar, that Apple has a okay. deal to where they redirect. Oh, right, Basically, right, Google like has the exclusive. Search engine is Google. You can change that, by the way. But yeah. yeah. I, but I, default... I've kept mine as default uh, on Google for years. I actually, this week, wanted to see what Bing was all about because it only has like a 3% oh, wow. market share. And I just feel like it's laughable. But I knew that this this AI integration was coming. So I switched my default to Bing and it's hard to use. I don't, I don't like Bing yeah, today, but, get, but I'm wondering about Bing tomorrow, but get, I would say, I would get, say a huge percentage. I would say, I would guess half or more 40%, 50%. And guess yeah. how much Google pays Apple for that. They pay them roughly $15 billion a year. 15 Apple can probably demand more. Okay, but yep. they pay them 15. I guess the, the assumption is that Apple thinks it's probably the only game in town right now. And for Apple, they would probably want it to be their default anyway for the for for good user experience. So Apple's not going to push Google too hard on that number when there's no other decent user experience. But what happens 
What happens when there is a near equal experience due to AI? Apple knows that Google is generating 80 or $90 billion a year off of Apple. You know how Apple is, right? They mm -hmm. want their fair share of that. That alone, that alone could be detrimental to Google's revenue stream the next five years, okay? But that's just one, that's just one use case of how unbelievably bad this can turn out for Google. And, and I don't think this, it's completely out of Google's control. I, the reason why Google has not released anything yet has nothing to do with their tech ability. It has nothing to do with them wanting to release it in the right way and be careful no, no. for humanity. It's because they're scared as hell that if they were to release their own tech into release their search, anything that would disrupt that, disrupt that flow of money from advertising dollars that, I mean, it's detrimental. That's, and that's what I just can't, I can't get my head around. How are they going to figure out a monetization strategy for an AI chatbot talking to you? Well, yeah, gonna, I mean, no, we've talked about this, right? I mean, there are ways to do it, but how do you do it this quickly? And when you're sitting at 90% of search volume right now, you and it took them it took them a decade to figure out how to monitor search as as two decades. efficiently as two they're decades. doing. It. Yeah. Two decades to monetize search because it takes so much time when you have millions and millions of advertisers to train and they're scared and they have to get used to it. They have to see the ROI. It takes and forever. And meanwhile, Bing has nothing to lose. They can flip the switch on new Bing. And if it, even if it blows up and it's terrible, it's okay. Maybe they, maybe they go from 3% market share to 4%, right? They, they don't have yeah, as much look, to I mean, lose. I think that they've only got, you know, you know, I mean, search is not their bread and butter, right? And so it can only drive more people to Microsoft services. That's and that's that's their viewpoint. Okay, and it could Steve become their bread and butter if they right. if they do it right. Stephen Malek just had the perfect. This is all you need to know. This is how I feel. He said, "I'm already using Google Search less." Guess what, guys? I yeah. am already <laughs> using Google Search no, less. I think that's right. No. I think if anybody that has you know, their chat GPT window up full time, which I think, you know, most people that understand anything about technology now probably have, you're not Google searching as much as you would, you know, maybe for like, you know. And I was, I was just testing Bing searching versus Google searching. Like what day is the Oscars on? You know, Google's really good at certain keyword type searches and they give you that information right there, top and center, which by the way, Bing took me to an article about when it was in 2018. So it's completely useless, but I could, I, if I'm, if I'm going to ask a chat bot about this, I'm not going to say what day is it on. I'm going to say what day is it on and tell me uh, the statistical odds of each movie, which movies, which movies should I see? Because I want to see the best movies before the actual Oscar. So which one should I yeah. see? And if I wrote all that out, or if I talked to Siri and it translated that to my chat bot app that I wrote, it's, it, it's so much better information. By the way, guys, how many times in the last month have you started on Google and then remembered that ChatGPT was a thing? And like, why am I <laughs> Googling that? And that's even in a scenario where ChatGPT doesn't have live internet data for the most part, for the most part, right? So imagine when it's better, bigger, and with live data, what percentage of your searches will move from conventional Google search to this new world of AI search, either on Microsoft or some other servers, or maybe even on Google, at and, least 30%. I, I, think, 
I think, yeah, exactly. And I think it's two different types of information. Sometimes you're looking to read a in-depth article on something. You're looking to find some information that you know exists somewhere on the web, and you're just trying to find the best version of it. Other times, usually, I'm thinking, I'm looking for some like concept that I might normally have to click through five pages to find, and it's just going to be summarized for me. I, I can't think of many times that I'm going to want the source information, although Bing, new Bing, uh, supposedly is going to cite sources so that you can actually get to the original um, articles and pages that were used to generate that response. Well, I think that's the only way that they're going to be able to do this, right? And that um, if it basically is just a big summarization engine and you can never get back to the original sources, I think people will start boycotting, allowing their information to be included, right? You have to have the links back and the citations to original sources um, for the information to remain open. At least that's what I think. But what we don't know yet, Jordan, which is fascinating is, let's just assume all the citations are there. What percentage of people even click on any of them? Is it 2%, 3%? That's a 98% reduction in clicks, right? From what would have happened before. Yeah, yeah but I think each click then is more valuable. Um, and so... You know, well, I, I think at that point, if you're if you've taken it past that point, you've already have filtered so many um, potentials that at that point you really want to know what that source. Is. Okay, but Jordan, right now the cost per click rates on Google after two decades of adoption are already so incredibly high. It's not going to be thirty times higher. No, a company that currently pays, yeah, I think they, you know, I whatever think they can be higher if they're more relevant. If you've got a better fund. higher. But but not but not twenty times higher, right? Like maybe fifty percent higher. Or so. so I, I and, do and think you can actually come up with some services to sit around this to drive business to certain you know to certain places, like the legal example that I gave the last time we talked about this. Um, and you come up with some real time ways to interact with businesses based on this this you know really good, very fine tuned funnel. You know, I think you can monetize it, but like I said, that's not going to happen over. And so that well, stuff can takes we, a while to build. But can we also agree that generally this will create a more efficient marketplace? And if you have a more efficient marketplace, that essentially means less marketing dollars, right? Because if as efficiency comes into play, that means companies will not have to spend as much because it will be more efficient. The entire process gets more efficient. So right now there's a massive amount of waste in marketing, massive amount of waste, right? We're going to yeah. get rid of that waste because we don't need it anymore. All that waste money goes to one company, Google, and then all the agencies that support like all that whole chain, right? That's good. It's good for business generally. It's good for business generally. Very bad for all the middlemen. Very bad for all the middlemen, including Google. Yeah. I don't think the market is fully realizing this yet. And it doesn't surprise me. You know, there was a day when I was like, God, you remember when we used to think that the market was just totally efficient and just anything that theoretically made sense, the market factored in. It is so unbelievably inefficient when it comes to stuff like this. Until we actually see how this works and actually see how detrimental it is or is it to Google, Google's not going to, Google investors are not going to punish the company. They're just not. So I am not, I don't own, I'm not shorting Google right now. I don't have puts on Google at this moment, but I will tell you this, as we've always said, I am so mentally prepared to make this trade that the second I see the sign that everyone else will see, 
I won't be waiting to compute in my head how bad that is for Google. I'll be ready to go with those puts. I'll be ready to go with that short position because I feel like there's a reasonable chance that at some point in the next six to 12 months, 18 months, there will be a moment when the world realizes, oh, this is going to be really bad for Google's $190 billion advertising search business. And the market is going to potentially punish Google in that moment. And as our job as observational investors is have to have a to have a prepared mind and to be ready for that moment to pull the trigger quicker than the rest of the market because we were ready for it. Are, okay, so are there specific things that you're looking for that are going to be that trigger point to pull the trigger? Yeah. What are those? Well, let's start by seeing how this thing is going to work. Nobody's actually really seen this inside of a search engine. When I see Bing or Google AI search for the first time, I think I'll be able to properly assess just how damaging this will be to Google's search business, search advertising business. So that could be the first moment. Um, I'm going to look for other analysis, articles, you're going to see people start to talk about that. And then once they start to talk about that, you just have to get in early. And I'll give you the perfect example. When when ChatGPT was first released, me and Jordan, Dave, you were out of town, uh, but me and Jordan had a Twitter spaces. And Jordan, we talked about how big this was going to be for NVIDIA. We've actually talked about it on our show multiple times over the past six weeks, how big this is going to be for NVIDIA. I purchased NVIDIA because I realized that over the course of multiple months, there were going to be tens of thousands of articles talking about how big the AI revolution was going to be. And then investors and investment banks and hedge funds and analysts were all going to try to determine what would be the number one company that would benefit from artificial intelligence. And I knew that that conversation was going to go get back to NVIDIA. And what happened? Look at the NVIDIA run. This is what we do. This is observational investing. This is getting in early. You're listening to the Dumb Money Live podcast. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The NVIDIA run over the past six, seven weeks since OpenAI has been released yeah. has been tremendous, and it's been almost exclusively due to the AI hype engine. Now, will this last for NVIDIA? I don't know, but the gain's already there. It happened. So we're trying to get ahead of the next potential impact from this AI revolution, and I think it might, might, and we're not financial advisors. We're just going through this mental process for ourselves. So you guys should do the same, come up with your own decisions. I think it might be a Google short at some point in the future, the same way that Facebook meta got crushed, right? Due to the proliferation of massive competition coming from TikTok and obviously bad decisions they made in the metaverse that never materialized, right? The metaverse as quickly as some people thought it would. So again, it takes time for the market to realize this. Yep. I can't wait. But I mean, Google is also down big all the way back to where it was in January of 2021. 
on a long term chart. So it's it makes like the trade a little harder. But but Dave Dave, you, does this Google? None of that is due to the potential deterioration and collapse of their primary revenue line, which yeah. has been growing yeah. for twenty years. Could you imagine? I, I'm going to be very interested to see what, if any, paid search like stuff gets embedded in can you imagine though in a chat gpt it would make chat gpt so less useful if like if you're waiting for your answer and the way it spells it out line by line if it said but first a word from our sponsor boop cookies brought to you by no (laughs) which we did need to talk about by the way this this is a company that that we privately uh invested in kind of helped found we'll talk about that in a little bit maybe maybe not today but i thought this comment on a random I don't know, some random article I was reading uh, was really, really said it properly. It, they were referring to time. Google mentions, or, or they keep mentioning like time to market, right, is what people are talking about. They corrected it and they said, no, time to commercialization, not time to market. Everyone is glowing about these AI engines because they are so pure. The answer questions, they answer questions honestly based on their accumulated knowledge. But that isn't what will make money for Microsoft or Google. They need to be commercialized. They need to figure out how to get get them to respond with what makes Microsoft or Google the most money, just like the search engines do now. I'm no expert in how these AI engines work, but there must be a way to go into the accumulated knowledge data set and tag certain pieces of knowledge as more important than others. And that could, dare I say, be based on how much the business that is most positively impacted by that piece of knowledge pays the keeper of database in marketing fees. Now, that's fascinating because... Do you remember when search marketing first materialized in like the very, very early 2000s, right? Do you remember that they used to mix advertisers and organic search and nobody knew what was paid and what was not paid? And there was a massive amount of backlash on Google back then and Yahoo as well. Mm -hmm. And they basically forced them to bracket off the advertising from the organic. So I think that we're going to go through that whole cycle. We probably won't go through the cycle again because I know that they know they can't get away with that now. And I just don't know how they commercialize this quickly, Jordan, getting back to what you said. Can they commercialize it? Can they figure out the way they've got to do it? I mean, I, you know, look, I, I think, Trying to squeeze advertisers is one way to look at it. Um, you know, basically, this is an efficiency for advertisers. And so instead of, you know, one out of every, you know, 10 or 100 or whatever the metrics are that advertisers look at right now, you know, those conversion rates are going to get better, which means that they'll be able to charge more for advertisers. Do they get net less money? Probably. Um, but I think the biggest way for, you know, these companies to monetize these is to turn them into services and then let developers have access to them and then let, you know, basically soak in VC dollars on all of these different startups that are going to come about um, to try to take advantage of all these technologies. I think, I think that's going to be the way that they make money um, back on their investment. Do you think, do you think Google or Microsoft is better skilled and positioned to take advantage of that business model? And I think, you know, I mean, I think the, uh, I mean, I would, I would think Microsoft, um, they've got a better cloud experience. But Jordan, don't you also think that because Microsoft essentially generates close to zero 
uh, revenue from search. Yeah. Um, that Microsoft doesn't necessarily have to create this massive monetization engine because they could just they can utilize this to bring more people into their paid products. Because Microsoft is a lot more accustomed to a monthly subscription fee type business model. That's how they generate their revenue, mm -hmm. right? So if they can use this to enhance all the products they have and bring search into their products, right? And just kind of go with a more of a fee model, perhaps? Yeah, maybe. Um, I mean, that would kind of sit on how they tend to operate. Um, I just think that this helps their, you know, cloud presence. Um, and it lets them offer more services to developers um, that they can charge for. And you just, they just charge little incremental amounts. And every single time that an API gets hit, it's just another fee that they collect. Um, so from, how about the cost side, though? We haven't talked about the cost side, so it you know yeah. it's been estimated that every every query utilizing artificial intelligence costs multiple pennies per query. Right now, it costs Google next to nothing when somebody Google when somebody Google something. So now yeah. let's just say that Google were to keep all of their advertising revenue magically with this yeah. model. How does that work? Now all of a sudden they had this massive cost that they never had before. I mean, Which this, I, 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 I think that's good. why they're in their initial release. They say that they're going to use a, a smaller data set that is lighter weight and easier to process. And we'll <laughs> yeah. see how the results turn out. Right. Google, but you know Google that the cost, the cost of processing is going to come down the same way the cost of everything. Well, that's been the trend in AI, Dave, is that every, you know, the, the way to actually make these things to where they're cost efficient to operate is to make them extremely purpose built, right? And that you've got, um, you know, for like image search, right? Or like satellite data search, they're, they're trained only on satellite data images. They're not trained across the entire corpus of every single type of image. The same thing for text is that they they tend to be trained very specifically to where they're more lightweight. They can run on a smaller um, set of hardware and it's actually efficient to run. Though this general chat um, GPT system is so generalized that it's very expensive to operate and run because the models are even... Yeah, but I think that that's what people love about it, is that they yeah, can ask it anything. That is what people love about it, but it also makes it very hard to, to eat the cost of all that compute power. But the cost of computing power is going to come down over time. I think that that, that eventually is going to have a tipping point where it's it's no longer I mean, it's, as cost I mean, at the end of the prohibitive. day, you still have to pay for the electricity, right? And the electricity cost doesn't go away. Um, you can amortize GPUs and things like that, but I mean, you still have to buy them. That's why I think that, that this is why I think that their best um, business model is selling the services through APIs. I, I think one yeah, thing is I, I, clear. Yeah. You can tell from Google's reaction, they were not prepared for this. They have no idea what they're doing in terms of productizing this uh, in any meaningful way. You know that they are freaking out right now trying to figure out, well, we have to release something we can't release something that's going to cost us tens of billions of dollars a year in processing, right? Like we can't do that. Um, we can't, you know, we can't do something that's going to screw up our $190 billion a year revenue model. Yeah, well, um, I mean, I we think have you can, to guarantee that they were having all hands meeting, trying to figure out how they're going to respond to this, right? And they, it, and they responded today, um, you know, a little bit, you know, is it too little too late? Do they really have a plan in place? But they have to appear like they have a plan. It's so obvious to me that they're throwing lipstick on a terrible situation. Uh, and this, I don't see in the short run how this ends up good in the next 12 to 24 months for Google. In the long run, 
perhaps they can figure out all the stuff that Jordan's referring to, and AI becomes so big. But I don't think so. That's the thing. I think that you know, to be able to monetize all of this, you don't have to figure it all out. You open up these services and let the innovation come out of startup. I mean, this is how these big companies work. They're going to open up all these APIs. They're going to figure out who are the winners, who knows how to take advantage of these technologies the best, and then buy those companies. Yeah. And then, I mean, you know that other big companies are seeing this as not, you know that Apple's looking at this right now and Meta's looking at this right now as a huge opportunity. Every big tech company has been staring at Google for two decades going, what do we do? No way for us to crack this search business. They own it. We can't touch it. Microsoft gave up on it. And now it's wide open again. So like Apple's thinking, well, wait a second. We, half half of their half of their traffic comes from us. Let's just go either whatever AI is happening at, at Apple or whatever they can acquire, right, and buy. Like they're like, we can have this. App Apple loves advertising revenue. That's their game. And service like, revenue. Yeah, and well, and the thing is, Apple so far they they've been on record saying that their AI strategy is doing the processing on device rather than sending it to the cloud for processing. It's doing things on device. So Siri is trying to be smarter in the actual phone or a pod or whatever. Um, they they don't. I as far as I know, don't have any kind of big cloud AI strategy that they've announced but, at least. But Dave, immediately Siri and Alexa are are trash right now. Like, they're complete trash. They were kind of quasi-trash before this whole AI thing started a couple months ago. Now, if you've spent any time on OpenAI, they're so trash. Like, when my kids are using their Alexa and I hear them, like, asking a question, like, eight times to try to get the most simple answer yeah. ever, I'm just thinking, like, oh, my gosh, please. Or how many please, times Siri has to tell you, here's something I found on the web. No, I don't uh, want you to give me a link to the web just just tell me the information i want to know it is so embarrassingly bad it's like archaic so you have to imagine that both amazon and apple are like okay come on we're not just going to sit on the sideline and not take a try at this right there's no way I mean, whether so we... what i've heard with amazon in the you know, in the alexa devices is that that is a big money losing <laughs> proposition for them oh. And so, because, you know, what, what, you know, why are they going to you know, pour more money into trying to take advantage of AI to make these services that are free? I mean, they have to, they'll, you know, at that scale, they would have to pay, you know, whatever API fees to whoever is actually running these AI services. There's no incentive for them to actually make these services better but, um, well, unless I they don't can actually charge that. for them. I, I don't know about that, Jordan. If you if you look at the history of uh, kind of Alexa, there was massive customer demand. It was interesting for a minute, but the product ultimately sucked. Okay, so and then they had to discount the product because they were making so many of them based on initial demand, and the demand fell off a cliff because no one wanted to spend hundreds of dollars on these devices that just were not that good and you couldn't use them for that much stuff okay yeah. so they had a discount and discount and discount and they discounted to the point to where now it's like there's not that much margin in hardware there can be yeah, margin, no margin in hardware, in hardware. Apple's everybody's already got these things and basically they use them as like smart speaks and that's about 
but Jordan, don't you believe that with AI, all of a sudden these things become no? I'm saying they could be. I agree. They would be way better. They would be actually amazing if they integrated this. The problem is, if you can just sit there and talk back and forth to one of these things all day long, what? The cost would be insane as far as the processing fees of dealing with translating your voice, going to chat GPT, running that data, getting conclusions back that, you know, I just don't think that there's any ROI for them to do. But but that but that's the whole point. There either is ROI for somebody or there's not. If you're telling me that there's no ROI for that, then Google's dead. They are dead in the yeah. water. If there's no ROI in getting the entire world to exclusively talk to you about everything they're thinking and wanting and buying and like if, if they can't figure out a way to monetize that we should just short google to death to right now buy, right a lot of times you're like what's the weather what's this you know and you just you know you're just chatting with the thing and it's not always a transaction but yet there you know amazon is having to pay for every time you speak to this device no, no, I understand. But, but your own methodology, Jordan, tells us that it will get so much more efficient because it's not going to search the entire universe when you ask the question, you know, is a 747 bigger than a, oh, I'm aging myself, than a DC-10? You know, like, like, like but like what you're saying, well, what I'm trying to say is, according to you, yeah, innovation will make it so that this becomes incredibly cheap in 10 years, five, 10 years, right? No, I didn't make and that argument. No, that's not my argument at all. My argument is that the way that, you know, these things are monetized is by selling the services to developers and, you know, basically VC yeah. so why can't you do that to Alexa? all of this, right? It's, well, it's my argument. But who's that really the... good at selling services to developers? Apple. Apple's the best, right? So, like, why wouldn't Apple no, be I mean, the cloud provider? So, basically, it's cloud providers that will then soak in these fees, and it's only the cloud providers that offer these AI services. And so, Google is making that huge investment. They're going to have these AI services that they can sit, you know, behind APIs and let developers interact with them. And yeah. then Google's cloud just got more valuable. Or, and will continue to get more valuable because of the, the APIs that they make available that yeah. are AI-driven things. Well, so does AWS when Amazon has these things. here is by charging for the actual service. I mean, but on Amazon... the consumer-facing side, like most consumers are not spinning up a web server on Google, and their revenue model currently is very dependent on no, 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 consumer, so like, so, consumers yeah, looking at and clicking on ads. for the consumer eyeballs, and so startups will come out, figure out how to take advantage of this, um, in the best po possible ways, and then Microsoft will buy those startups. So that's my that's my thing. You're listening to the Dumb Money Live podcast. I feel like in any you know we always used to talk about scenario analysis, and we do as observational investors, and in that you know we see some change in the world, we try to run all the scenarios and how that change would link back to publicly traded companies either positively or negatively. And as observational investors, we really don't know what scenario is going to play out. So today's episode is just talking through all these different scenarios. But what I'm hearing here is that in almost all of these scenarios, in the short term, it sounds like it's a net negative. Um, it sounds like for Microsoft, they it could be a net positive in the short run or it could be a net negative because there's so much cost involved. And well, I think they've got a big cash. They've got a, they've, they've outlaid a lot of money. Um, are they giving free services to 
OpenAI? Are they charging for those? So I think that, but again, I think, you know, if they haven't developed software and a user experience to take advantage of all this and be able to monetize it, then the best way for them to make money is charging for services. Yeah. I, 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 so. I, I agree. That's a scenario. I don't really know how this plays out. I'm fascinated by it. I, I have to say, I, I don't think I've been as fascinated about anything in decades as this whole AI revolution. Cause like the, all the smartest people in the room, you talk to them and they all have ideas, but then they'll admit, I, we, nobody has any idea where this is going. I think there was a quote by, um, I want to read this quote by Sam, who is the founder of OpenAI, because I thought it was really, really powerful. Go ahead, you guys can talk. I'll try to find it. We don't want to get off topic while you have a big quote coming. But, but <laughs> I, listen, it, 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 it was so... I can give you a quote from the CEO of, uh, of Google on their release while you're looking for your quote. They're saying they're initially releasing a lightweight model of LAMDA, which is a much smaller model requiring significantly less computing power, enabling us to scale more users, allowing more feedback. We'll combine external feedback with our own internal testing to make sure BARD's responses meet a higher bar for quality, safety, and groundedness in real-world information. They're, Dave, they're just they're just trying to put in. These guys are just like putting out information because they have to at this point. They're like, what do we say? We have to say something. We have to be seen as on the forefront of this. Um, and they're acting so corporate about it. It's actually hilarious. The quote by Sam Altman, founder of OpenAI, is if you think that you understand the impact of AI, you do not understand and have yet to be instructed further. If you know that you do not understand, then you truly understand. Um, so, and that was like a few days ago. And with every, and he has obviously very deep insight into at least where they're headed at OpenAI. And I, I, I think we have to be super excited about this. Maybe a little bit scared, but you know, you can't stop it. There's, no one's stopping this train. No. Universal income. Someone I, says, yeah, it's coming. <laughs> it's coming for probably all of us. The um the, the so I asked ChatGPT how um it, I said list ways that Google can monetize their Bard AI platform to avoid cutting into their existing advertising revenue, and it came up with ten uh, seven ways that uh, that 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 it can. Do. I mean, this is how business is going to happen in the future because the robot's going to know better than us, right? But basically, oh, no, premium can't. features and services, licensing the technology, providing uh, AI-powered language services, offering basically everything that Jordan has said. Maybe Jordan has been feeding feeding the algorithm with his uh, thoughts here. Offering training and consulting services, partnering with other companies, Google can partner with other companies um, to jointly develop new AI-powered products, sell the data generated from usage. Basically, by the way, do you know how much? Do you know how much? Like it, it has cost OpenAI a lot to give us. Chat GPT for free for the last few months. Do you know how much we've trained it into the types of things that humans are going to ask for? It they have a huge head start on yeah. what could this? What do people want this to do by just listening to all of our stupid requests coming in constantly? Yeah, sure. and I think yeah. you know Twitter is going to have all of their employees now, like starting what today or tomorrow, like testing their version of it. Like that's what they're going to their employees. Man. That's great. We're right on the verge of this huge change in the way everything is done. And it is, I think, exciting to be here watching it. 
with with so, an investor with, with with money in the bank trying to figure out the best ways for us to make money on it, not having to worry about you know losing our advertising revenue like Google might have to worry about. Yeah, I I, I think we need to address the the common question. Uh, Aquanaut, Elon does not want Chat GPT crawl Twitter. Will this be a trend for other popular websites? We talked about this. This is a Supreme Court legal battle. Uh, that is going to be fought probably over the next two years as to the extent that AI will be permitted to crawl and utilize other people's content. Uh, so I don't want to chime in too much about that. No one really knows how that's going to play out. Uh, I do feel that content will be incredibly valuable that if it can feed into these AI engines. So I think this is a net positive for Twitter for sure probably a net positive for stuff like Wikipedia, which is obviously not a, pro, you know, that's not a for-profit company, but maybe Wikipedia can start generating enough money now from licensing to Google and or OpenAI that they don't have to beg us for money every six to keep them <laughs> alive. So there could be some, there could be some plays there. Guys, there are numerous investing opportunities that will spin off of this AI revolution. We've talked about them in the past, but we real it's too early. It's just too early. And I agree with Jordan that the majority of opportunity will probably come from new early stage companies, uh, probably not from large existing companies. So, cause you have to move really quickly, right, Jordan? Like there's so much opportunity. Well, I think you here. get the democratization of ideas too, right? And so you're going to have like, hundreds of companies each trying some little different idea and then google microsoft these big guys get to just come in and sweep up the best of them and that's yeah. how business works yeah you're right it makes me feel like we need to start getting back into early stage investing at some point maybe <laughs> investing in a, a good time. i mean could you imagine how many i know they're already starting like the ai yeah. seed funds. the problem is you have to make really good bets because you know, a majority will probably fail uh, and just the best ones are the ones that will get picked up. Almost all of them will fail. That's what yeah, that's going to be totally crazy. But you're right. The, the best, the reason why VCs will put money into the sector is for exactly that reason. And they know that they have Amazon, Microsoft, Google, Apple, Baidu. These companies are just waiting and looking and just will, will compete with each other to acquire these companies before they probably ever hit a series C or series D uh, fun round. Oh, Powell's on now. Yeah. I, I'm just uh, monitoring the situation here. We, we might, I don't know that we want to live stream the uh, J no. Powell talk He's here, but um, he is speaking. Uh, well, the market's reacting really well to whatever he's saying, kind of creeping up. Um, all right, guys. So are you he just hit the stage about four minutes ago are, to close the AI conversation now? Are you guys making any investments right now based on AI? For me, I'm only I'm sticking with my NVIDIA investment in NVIDIA, NVIDIA, NVIDIA. Excuse me. I know <laughs> I've, I've always said it like that. It's, it's a problem. So I'm sticking with that investment because I know there's a good case to be made that it's stretched overvalued by any metric right now it's way too hot it's destined to <laughs> reverse it some I, I know those arguments are out there and i get them all but when you have something as big as this ai revolution people 
the hype cycle will be bigger for the very few companies that you know will benefit, right? And since NVIDIA is a company we know will benefit, it's just a matter of how much, it's going to get overbought. It's going to get overbought by retail investors. It's going to get overbought even by institutional investors because there's really nowhere else you can look to, to just know that you have a stake in this AI revolution that's going to benefit other than NVIDIA in a really big way and you, where you're, you have that guarantee. So I'm, I'm sticking with it for now. I might exit at some point in the near future when the next 10,000 articles come out about how NVIDIA is going to be the big beneficiary of this AI cycle. But for now, I'm staying with that trade. And that's it. I, I'm not messing around with anything else right now. But yeah, and I'm, I have not made any new trades based purely on the AI revolution. Um, I do have some Microsoft that I just have had for forever. Um, but I have not, and, and obviously Amazon, I think that as cloud providers, those, those stand to benefit. Um, I have not taken any kind of a move on Google or on Microsoft. I own both of them just from a, like, that's a part of my balance, you know, balanced portfolio. Okay. Fair. How about you, Jordan? What's that? Me? Yeah. I have not. I'm pretty cautious on the market right now. Obviously. After this big of a run up, it's, uh, I'm not rushing out to buy anything. Can we agree on one thing as it relates to this AI revolution? At some point, it could take five to 10 years. This AI, I don't see how this is massively beneficial for global markets. I mean, just industry, technology, innovation. This, I, I've been saying this now for a couple of years. With all the gloom and doom, I have so much faith that this is the next big thing, the next big super cycle. Uh, at the end of the day, markets always come down to productivity and innovation. It always saves us from all the mistakes that we made. And we make mistakes in every cycle. And we've probably made more mistakes than we've ever made uh, with monetary policy, global policy in this last cycle. And it's really easy to look at all the mistakes we've made and be like, where do we go from here? How does our economic kind of situation not completely erode and we're just screwed? This next generation is screwed. I think that automation, um, artificial intelligence is going to completely save us the same way that the internet saved, uh, the same way the industrial revolutions. And I'm really, really optimistic over the next 10 to 15 years that you have to be invested in, in technology, though, you have to be invested in the market because almost every part of the market is going to benefit from this, right, guys? Like, if yeah. you make products, if you're doing anything, your company is going to become more efficient. Because I hate to say it, you're not going to have to have as many employees. It's that simple. It's just that simple. Also, your company will be able to make smarter decisions, right? As you're saying, Dave, like, it's going to seem insane to us that we used to put a dozen people in a room and debate for weeks on end and months on end to come up with a simple strategy based on our shared experiences and knowledge. And then people would go out and research stuff and come back. I found something new that I think yeah. I need to bring to this, to this dialogue. Like artificial intelligence, once it evolves to where it needs to evolve, and it doesn't need to be sentient, right? Like it doesn't need to get that far advanced. It's going to get to a point 
where it's going to answer 90% of what we need. Maybe not 100%, but 90% of that work is going to be done in a millisecond for every business in the world. That's a big it, deal. And it's already, it's already doing a pretty good job and it's not even fully connected to the internet yet. Right? It's a joke right now, Dave. What, what we have seen. But it's still, it's still a, better than your experience using any other search platform. It is crazy. It's, and it's, I, if there was a way, okay, if there was one thing I could short, it would be, if there would be, if there was some way to short higher intelligence, like a uh, uh, short, like higher education. Can you imagine oh. if you could short universities? <laughs> no. Because it changes everything. Because I feel like universities. I, there's no reason to go to them today even, but people will because the, they're just going to do it to do it. It's a social, it's it's not a social, it's a socioeconomic thing. It's a status thing. It's not, there's nothing real there for 80, 70 to 80% of those graduates. We know that. You can get a better education online for free probably, right? You could self-educate yourself. <laughs> yeah. But no, I, I don't, it's not universities necessarily because I feel like, people will still just do that for some odd reason. It's not going anywhere anytime soon. There has to be a short here somewhere, a, a lot of shorts. And I think we'll do some shows over the next year when we figure out what those shorts are. Yeah. But I just think in general for the market, doesn't this make you more confident in just having money in the, in just, the equity just the market class in general. the just, 20 years? Yeah. Right? Absolutely. Because everything gets I mean, more efficient. I mean, maybe I will say this, maybe less. And there's certain industry sectors that are going to get decimated, right? Industry sectors that are super reliant on 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 offering specialized human workforces uh, and also industry sectors that are just relying on things that just we don't need anymore. Right. So it's, it's going to we're going to have a reset. So I think the next year or two years of shows, I think every once in a while we'll probably figure something out and and we'll bring it to the dumb money uh, universe because there will be massive opportunities to trade this. We just don't know what they are yet. It's yeah. too early, too early. And and I also I think a lot of the companies that will be harmed the most will initially benefit from AI, and a lot of the companies that are going to be harmed by AI initially might ultimately benefit in the long run so it's going to be really weird and twisted for the next few years as we kind of go through this evolution and with that thanks for watching and stay tuned because we have a lot to talk about on this topic but as we next uh week, as we are about to sign off just look at what uh qqq is doing it's up about a uh 1.3 percent since jpal took the stage there at the uh economic club Dave, you know why I love seeing that? I did buy those triple leverage QQQs in my IRA rollover account. <laughs> when did you do and that? I was like, you, you remember when we had those shows? You were the first person to like, you know, surface the idea that you thought that the risk reward over the long term yes. was fruitful. And I didn't but, believe you. I thought you were a nutbag. And then I did like D. 2022 was the wrong year to do that, though. 2022 was that anomaly year that really, that's when you shouldn't be in it. 
But Dave, I did it recently. Like I did it a few months ago, knowing that I could get destroyed in the short term. Yeah. But and this is not investment advice, but my own research <laughs> made it seem made it seem that even though it looks really scary and incredibly risky in the short run, then the long run, I agree with your methodology, Dave. I do think they generally return the triple leverage, I think has will likely, in my view at least, for me, return close to 2x over a 15 to 20 year period. So I just bought them. I don't want to know what's going on. I don't look at them, <laughs> but they're in there. Uh, but next week, we have a really interesting episode I would like to do on one of our biggest gainers of 2022 that we probably talked about as much as any other stock last year. Is it time to sell? Is it time to exit? Because that company has earnings coming up next week. And yeah. some of you might know what it is just by me saying that. But I feel like I want to do that episode because I have started to see just a, just a few little tiny cracks in that methodology. And some of the dumb money community thinks it might be time to exit. Uh, we've Let's talk about it next week. Uh, a big former dumb money investment that we think, you know, I have exited. Uh, and I want to talk about why I exited that trade. So, and I know you guys are going to have an opinion on this. So you guys have been in it. So if you're not subscribed, this is your reminder. Hit that subscribe button, like button on your way out. We're done money. We will see you next week. Maybe later this week. What day is today? Um, Do we have another one this week? May, Do you, you want, want to? to? Maybe. I'm open to it. Oh, we can do it this week because I think earnings are coming up. Well, we can do it. Yeah, we can do it this week or it has to be early next week. We'll talk about it. All right. Oh, well, that's... oh do we have any, should we do a Super Bowl? Have you? Should we do a Super Bowl? Is there is there a Super Bowl trade? Is there a Super if Bowl trade? Like last it, year, if you had shorted all of the uh, all of the advertisers in the crypto <laughs> world, you would have made a killing. I well, I had a Super Bowl trade last year, and it did not go well at all. <laughs> you remember my Super Bowl trade? Was was? I don't remember the the, uh, the playing card. Dude, no. I have it. I, I should. I have it. Yeah, I. It was, it was, was a novelty trade. Was, was it your trading card? Yes, yes. It was It was my Matthew Stafford autographed uh, rookie trading card. We should it, go back it, and watch last year's show just to see if we had anything that was valuable advice in that. Because I think I had a good one. I think I had a good one, but I can't remember what it was. All right. If dumb money, go on dumbmoney.tv forward slash discord. If you guys have any interesting Super Bowl trades and then we'll, we'll do the research on them. And if there's something interesting, maybe we'll do a Super Bowl episode later this week. Otherwise we'll do our, is it time to sell our greatest stock pick of 22 next week? Perfect. Until then we're dumb money. We'll see you then. Mm-hmm.